This is Wessler Media. Jason Fallon, uh, State Fair DNR Park Manager for the Department of Natural Resources. How long have you been doing this? Uh, this is actually my 12th State Fair. I can't believe it. It's already been 12 years. The Ohio State Fair and Wessler Media are proud to present A Fair to Remember, discovering the stories of people behind this statewide tradition. I'm your host, Vince Tornero, and this is Season 2. And also see uh, one of the really cool things we have are invasive species, which aren't cool, but they're kind of cool to look up. Sea lampreys with the crazy faces. You're going to have to come back there and see it one of the days. It's so I have no idea what you just said, <laughs> but you're the, you're, the, you're the natural resources guy. I just hold microphones and ask questions. The Oasis at the Fair. What I am talking about is the Natural Resources Park, southeast corner of the grounds. There is a lot to do there. One thing I think is pretty neat is kayaking. So let's learn more about that activity and jump in one right now with ODNR PR manager Jason, who you heard at the top of the show. So the it's actually a year-round process. A lot of people don't realize that. Um, you know, as soon as the fair gets over, we take stuff down. Uh, one of the interesting things about our park is that, you know, we really don't use it that much other than during the state fair. So we have to keep it up. It's basically what I call our amusement park because we have issues just like any other amusement park. We have building issues, grounds issues, uh, you know, different things with, you know, kayak pond, animals, all that fun stuff. So really it's a year round process for us planning what we're going to do the following year. And then pretty much in March, you know, we're down there, we're cleaning up the ground, starting to plant flowers. Um, trying to get a focus on exactly what things we're going to be focusing on for the department, as well as, you know, making sure everything's up and running. So it's just not as easy as going on and flipping on a light switch. I mean, this is months and months and months of planning by a number of different individuals to make sure that we have a very successful state fair. Do you know how many people visit the, uh, the park each year? Yeah, we estimate about... 40 to 50% of the people that come in the fair come back to our park, whether that just be to walk through. Um, but actually, I talked to a number of people. The only reason they come to the fair is to come to the DNR park uh, because it's all, you know, all of our activities are free with fair admission and it's all underneath trees. So you could literally spend a whole day just in Natural Resources Park. So I would say about 50% of the people come come to our park. It's pretty neat. I mean, it's it really is. I mean, it's straight up it's cool it's cooler back there <laughs> it's definitely cool and more i mean you know you could use that use that adjective in a couple of different ways it's it's not just cool but it's an experience um it's you know bringing a picnic lunch back there with your family uh to you know going to a lumberjack show uh to hearing seeing the uh the all all, all ohio youth choir and band perform back in the dnr park uh, there's always lots of different things to do. We also have Columbus Zoo animals on the weekends. So seeing the bald eagles. I mean, there's so much, there is so much stuff to do back in our park. So what all can you do back there? Um, so it's eight acres. I call it the oasis of the state fair. Um, so you can do everything from, of course, you know, going and saying hi to Smokey, where he always knows your name. Uh, in our pavilion, there's lots of different hands-on uh, experiences. One of my favorite things is our touch pool, uh, where we actually bring in some stream tanks, and you can actually see what kind of critters live in a scenic river and actually touch and feel 
and also see uh, one of the really cool things we have are invasive species, which aren't cool, but they're kind of cool to look up. Sea lampreys. So what is one of these lamp animals? <laughs> see, it's sea lamprey. It's actually very long, very slimy. It's got this sucker face with these teeth, and they actually suction cup on people's boats. And they're invasive species that you find in Lake Erie, so it's kind of cool. Uh, oh, I'm never going to go in the water again. Thank you. <laughs> you still have to go in water and always wear a life jacket if you're going on the water. Um, so speaking of that, we yeah, have you a... sneak that in there. Uh, uh, hey, now <laughs> it's just common sense in all in all reality. <laughs> so speaking of that, we have a kayak pond which we actually installed in 2008. Uh, we get about 3,000 uh, people that go through that each year. The biggest thing we teach people is you know the proper life jacket fit, life jacket fitting. A lot of people don't realize you have a particular brand style for people's ages, weights, all that good stuff. So they definitely teach people how to find the perfect life jacket for them. And you actually get in a kayak and actually are able to paddle around in a kayak for a few minutes. So that's super cool, very exciting. We have a personal watercraft simulator, which actually feels like you're in a jet ski. Uh, we have a uh, our amphitheater, which again, we have shows 11 a.m. to 7 p.m. daily, the three shows daily, the Lumberjack shows are one of the highlights. They've been doing it every year that I can remember. Uh, retriever dog shows, other different animal shows, uh, different entertainment acts from bluegrass to country uh, to rock. That's always a ton of fun. Uh, we have a tall grass prairie, which are over 80 different species of wildflowers that are, have actually been transplanted into this little prairie. There's so many different colors. You see hummingbirds, butterflies. It's really awesome. Um, and then, of course, one of the highlights of the park is our wildlife area. We have a newer uh, indoor archery and air gun range. Awesome to do. Awesome to try out. We have, of course, the kitty fishing pond, which we have stocked with almost 2,000 bluegill, uh, where you can catch it, you can take it home with you, or you can toss it back in. Um, and that's for kids uh, all day, every day. Uh, there's a wildlife boardwalk with eagles and hawks and owls. And one of my favorite things is actually the butterfly house uh, where you can actually see a butterfly hatch out of a chrysalis. Uh, that is pretty amazing. Uh, and you can also learn about the different plants you can plant uh, to attract these butterflies. From milkweed, the catchfly, the coneflowers, um, there's all different types of pieces of plants that are specifically for pollinators. Um, so that's super important. So yeah, and then we have our, of course, our great state parks and the different ways you can camp and stay in a state park uh, from our different kinds of yurts to RVs, all different kinds of fun stuff. So yeah, there's a little bit of everything in our natural resources park. So if a butterfly latches onto me, do I get to, do, do I get to take it home? Uh, no, you have to keep it in there. <laughs> It, but it chose me. I didn't cho cho choose it. it. It'll very easily fly off of you onto the next sweet person it finds. <laughs> <laughs> and I would be remiss. One of the other really cool things, which uh, we actually launched a couple years ago, which which is our geological walkway through time. Um, former first, first Lady uh, Hope Taft was actually very instrumental in this. And it's actually a complete circle of the different uh, times of Ohio, shows you different types of rocks during that time. And there's actually a huge map which shows where the glacier stopped a number of years ago. Um, and it kind of shows you all the different, uh, where you can find different habitats and different rocks throughout the state. So again, super awesome. We probably have about 15 different raptors on display. Uh, and that actually, still very impressive. That actually comes from a place called Back to the Wild. It's a rehab 
uh, placed up in Castalia. They do wonderful work. Uh, they Their main job is to re rehabilitate birds and release them back into the wild. The ones we have uh, on show at the fair, unfortunately, are educational animals, so they can never be released back into the wild. So we have about 15 different raptors, butterflies, probably over 100, 150 butterflies that you'll actually see in the butterfly house during the fair. I already talked about the bluegill. We have about 2,000 that we stock in the kitty fishing pond during the length of the fair. And one of the other things which is cool about that area too, if you decide to throw a bluegill back in, you can always go over and try some bluegill, which actually show people how to properly fillet and fry the bluegill. Clarify one thing, you said raptors, and that's like the animals that go and grab like, I'm, not, I'm thinking this is like some Jurassic Park stuff going down. <laughs> yeah, that is, a raptor is basically an, a bird with, um, that eat, they're carnivores. So that would be a hawk, an owl, an eagle. Yeah, it's pretty cool. They're, they're, they're raptors are basically with those type of animals. One of the other things I did want to mention uh, was Arboretum. Um, a number of years ago, um, our Division of Forestry was like, you know, I, I think there are a number of, there are a quite a number of tree species in our eight acre park to qualify for an Arboretum. We actually did get it. We actually have so many tree species and plant species. We're actually a level two arboretum, which is over 80 different uh, species of trees, which is kind of crazy. All these trees are marked in the park. So when you come through the park, you can actually see what kind of trees we do have planted. Um, and then if you want to learn more something about the flowers and stuff like that, back in our tall grass prairie, all those plants are um, marked as well. So little little tid tidbit of information for you. Um, so I think when, when, when you look at the state as a whole, what you have at the park itself is really a microcosm of what the state offers in its entirety. So how many state parks actually are there across the state? So yeah, that's a great thing about the natural resources park. It's the biggest marketing tool we have as a department throughout the year. Um, we have, and this is just kind of like a little, we have 75 state parks, 21 state forests, 136 state nature preserves. Um, over 140 different wildlife areas. Uh, it, it's just crazy to think, and that's just those. You know, we also have um, scenic rivers, which we manage, Lake Erie, uh, which is huge. Uh, but yeah, in, in these state parks, they're so diverse in different parts of the state. Ohio is super cool when it comes to People think of Ohio as just this big flat piece of land. It's actually not. Think about it. Northwest Ohio, of course, is flatter, but you have the plains, like type areas. Uh, northeast, you have Lake Erie. Um, and then southeast, it's the rolling hills of Appalachia. Uh, and you have places like Hiking Hill State Park and Shawnee, uh, Lake Hope, which are just gorgeous because it's all different hills. And then southwest, you have the Ohio River Valley. So you really have a really cool dichotomy in this state that people don't realize. It's, it's actually really cool. I mean, the park itself, you know, it's really, it's grown so much throughout the years. Uh, I know the fair, I think, started in 1886. It's when the current site of the fair was actually established. And actually at that point, there were six large ponds on the grounds. Um, that now we use for youth fishing, which is kind of cool, one of the, one of the original ones. So it kind of goes from there. Um, 1916 was actually the first year the state of Ohio sponsored an exhibit, um, and this was an aquarium exhibit. 
uh, but which is unfortunately the tanks were late on delivery from Pittsburgh and the exhibit did not open until after the fair started. So, you know, even in 1916, hey man. <laughs> at least the fair started, which is the, you know, it's... Fair started and they got the exhibit there. So cut them a little slack, you know, uh, you know, you got, you got to give a, gotta give they were a traveling by train and horse and buggy. <laughs> So they couldn't just put it in the, you know, the Honda and they drive on down. Put it in a plane and fly and fly it over from yeah, Pittsburgh. I'm not sure where the Wright brothers were at at that point. <laughs> um, another cool thing, 1919, the fair called on 50 game wardens to police the state fairgrounds. Uh, I thought that was kind of cool, just because our wardens don't police it. Of course, it's the Ohio Highway Patrol and local police that do it. So I thought that was kind of interesting. Um, our park actually didn't open until 1956, which was when ODNR and several several of our divisions actually form the DNR park. So it really took almost 100 years of the fair existing for you know High Department of Natural Resources to actually have a a you know larger presence at the fair. Correct, because our department didn't start till around that time anyway. But there were other different like uh, there was one really cool thing I'm I saw which was. In 1948, 23,000 boys entered a fishing contest at the fishing pond at the fair, which I thought was, wow, that's kind of crazy to think 23,000 kids did that um, in that time. But yeah, it was basically at that time. And then three years later, our favorite furry Smokey Bear came to the fair and started, which is crazy to me of how long Smokey has been at the fair. Yeah, he actually um, he actually turned 75 on August 9th. So yeah, but we're gonna do stuff during the fair to definitely commemorate his birthday. Uh, I know I've heard the choir is actually gonna come out and sing happy birthday almost every day, uh, which will be a lot of fun. Uh, and then we're gonna do, like I said, different things throughout the fair uh, to commemorate his 75th birthday. So, and Smokey specifically, I know we touched on this in, in the previous history episode from the last season, season one, but Smokey's undergone different changes and stuff. He actually used to wear, um, if I'm correct, uh, he used to wear uh, Levi's, like legitimate Levi's. Correct. That were made, I believe, by a, um, a 4-H group. Yeah, that actually like quilted together all these different Levi's to make his suspenders. And I believe we had to get throughout the years maybe three or four different suspenders for him to wear. So in 2015, so, you know, Smokey was getting a little old. Um, his parts didn't quite move the way they used to. So we, with the uh, with the help of the U.S. Forest Service, were able to get a brand new animatronic Smokey Bear. Uh, and again, that was 2015, and we're really happy about that. Um, it, it really made a huge difference, and kids just love it. Yeah, it's 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 a pretty impressive thing. Like you know, even I think even adults when you see it, like for me, it's it's pretty cool. Yeah, it is really cool, and we're one of the, I think we're one of two states in the country that actually have a talking Smokey Bear. Which is also really cool, uh, but yeah, it is the probably one of the highest attr highest rate attractions at the state fair. I mean, everyone comes back there; they want to see Smokey, they want to hear him say their name, um, and even I mean, kids and adults they still can't figure it out. But Smokey always knows your name. Well, and and I think one of the things that's so precious about the fair and you know the park itself is that um, I, I did an interview with um, 
with Virgil, uh, the GM of the fair, uh, last year. And as he was talking, he mentioned something about uh, former Governor Voinovich and how he didn't really understand, the former governor really didn't understand what the fair didn't really get it until he went there with his, you know, with his um, grandchildren and saw them enjoy the fair. So I think one of the things that's so neat about the fair itself and Smokey specifically is the fact that it offers a little portal of escape for both adults and children. Yeah, and that's what makes it, I think, really special. It's, you know, it, no one can figure it out. It's really cute, you know, when you have a kid that's four years old and then an adult who's my age, 45 years old, who they're like, how does he know my name? I don't understand. And it's the face, facial expressions are exactly the same. And I think it just, it makes everybody smile. And, and I, and to me, that's again, going back to, you know, why I like the fair so much. It's the people interactions and to see how much fun they have and uh, to really make, you know, it, it's, it's a kind of a way to get away from everyday life and just to come back and have a good time and relax. And, and that's what I think the fair is all about. I mean, all I say is, you know, DNR Park, it's, you know, it's kind of tucked in the southeast corner, so not a lot of people know where we are. If you get a chance, you know, even if you're parked up in the Cardinal Gate, up in the lot by Crew Stadium, definitely, you know, jump on the tram, try to find your way back to the park. I guarantee you have a wonderful time, no matter if you're young or old or in between. Uh, it's a great place to just get off your feet, get under a tree, have your lunch, or take in a show, or learn something new about natural resources. A Fair to Remember is presented by the Ohio State Fair and produced, edited, sound designed by Wessler Media. Executive producer and PR manager is Alicia Schultz. Additional script writing and editing by Becca Kerr. Every episode expertly mastered by Joey Gerwin at Orange Judio. Special thanks to all of our guests and anyone who did anything at all to make this podcast a reality. And thank you for attending the fair year after year and upholding this wonderful and fun tradition. Last, and of course not least, got to mention my wife, Melina, who listened patiently to various rewrites, versions, and edits of all these episodes. I love you. And I'm your host, Vince Tornero. This has been A Fair to Remember. I'll see you on the Midway. The fun, the draw, the excitement of a fair, that should be enjoyed by everybody. And this year, the Ohio State Fair, it's going to be more accessible and inclusive of individuals with disabilities. Now, this is in partnership with Opportunities for Ohioans with Disabilities. Complimentary wheelchair mobility charging stations, they will be available throughout the grounds and are listed on the fair maps. And these fair maps, they can be picked up at the fair guest information services booths. Second, fairgoers who are blind or low vision, they can use this technology called IRA. This is really amazing stuff. Now, IRA, it's going to connect to an agent who can help you with navigation. In collaboration with Ocali, a sensory-friendly morning is going to take place July 31st, 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. throughout the fair. The lights and the music on all the rides are going to be turned off, and fairgoers can enjoy the many educational activities, including those in the Oasis at the fair. That is the Ohio Department of Natural Resources Park. Now, if you want more information on all this and all this great stuff about making the fair more accessible, you can find it by emailing info at expo.ohio.gov. That's info at expo.ohio.gov. Or you can plan to stop by a guest information services booth during the fair. What uh, do you have? A uh, some state parks you appreciate for certain aspects? Because I know, I mean, the seventy-five, they all have their own individual, you know, attributes that, that you appreciate, you know, as a, as individual parks. But is there one that's just like, yeah, I really like this? You know, not that it's better than anything else, but just you just appreciate it for a particular reason. Yeah, I mean, 
I think for me, it's not just parks, but it's also like nature preserves. Um, Conkles Hollow Nature Preserve in Hocking Hills is my zen location. It's probably one of the best hikes in the state. It's absolutely beautiful no matter what time of year you go. And it's also in the Hocking Hills region. You know, everyone knows Old Man's Cave and Hocking Hills State Park. To me, it's not just that. It's finding these other locations around the state. And that is one of my favorite go-tos. Another really cool place um, up in Northeast Ohio, all the way up in Ashtabula, or right by Ashtabula, is Headlands Dunes Nature Preserve. Uh, so it's right next to Headlands Beach State Park, which is the biggest stretch of uh, beach in the state. Uh, Headland Dunes is, again, another really cool location that you wouldn't even think you're in Ohio because the dunes, uh, we have a boardwalk now. You can walk all the way out to Lake Erion. Again, a really cool place. Um, something else that I think Ohio has that's so unique to the state, unlike other places, is the islands, Lake Erion Islands. Uh, we have a number, number of different state parks out on these islands. Uh, Kelly's Islands has the glacial grooves. Uh, which is one of the few places in the world you can actually see these glacial groove rocks. Again, who knew that it, in Ohio we have something that spectacular. So, yeah, there's. I have a couple little favorites. Um, probably my most, other than Conkles Hollow, is definitely Clifton Gorge State Nature Preserve, which is over near Yellow Springs. I hike that four times a year. Uh, it's, a, it's a mini Hocking Hills. It, it's, it's a dichotomy of... You know, you get that really cool rock features. It's the best place, I think, to go see spring wildflowers. Uh, and again, it's a four to five mile hike. That's a great one day trip. The production you just heard was carefully crafted at the studios of Wessler Media. For more powerfully engaging podcasts and other audio content, visit wesslermedia.com. Stories of overcoming adversity, intense and unexpected twists and turns, education, encouragement, and plenty of those, did you hear that, moments. Hear more and talk to us about creating your own podcast, from large and detailed projects to smaller, more personal-sized productions. That's wesslermedia.com. W-E-S-S-L-E-R-media.com.